0: keeps it himself and takes it on as he with the finger roll.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the uncontested postgame show, part of the Blue Wire podcast network and dailythunder.com. I'm J.D. Silva with the flu and here to discuss the Thunder's 123-102 loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. Before I get started, be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating if you haven't done so already. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, thanks so much for joining me live. If you're here, feel free to ask questions. I'll answer them throughout the show. I'm gonna have to stop and like catch my breath a couple times. I am uh, caught the flu over at the Silva household, so it's been been rough out here. Get your flu shots, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's go over the starting lineup for tonight's game. It was. Uh first of all, without Lou Dort, Lou Dort was hurt with a knee contusion. Uh Mark said he woke up today and it was giving him uh, some problems, was a bit of a surprise to them. So no Lou Dort, no Desmond Bain also. Uh starting lineup was SGA, Josh Giddy, J Dub, Poku, and JRE. Uh pretty interesting lineup. Haven't seen that one in a while. Um big takeaways to start out. My first takeaway last year. Some of you may remember the Thunder lost to the Grizzlies by 73 points. That was almost exactly one year ago, and it was little old me on one of my first postgame shows by myself covering that game. Actually, I think Jacob joined me about halfway through. That game changed my life forever and made me a worse human being, took years off my life. Tonight was not that game, thank God. Tonight was not that. The Thunder did lose, I think the 123-102 scored doesn't tell the whole story. The game did feel closer than that for most of the game, aside from the last like seven or eight minutes. Uh, but the game was not that bad. The OKC has turned the page from losses that ugly. Second big takeaway, and my first real takeaway, SGA is learning to live at the free throw line when the game calls for it. Second takeaway, Josh Giddy is up and down game to game. We all know that. Sometimes a little more down. But in general, he's been he's been good. I will say that. On average, you can count on Josh being at least good. Third takeaway. This may be a shock to everyone, but the Memphis size in Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, Steven Adams, etc., that was a big problem for OKC tonight. Surprise to us all. Last big takeaway. Young scorers in general struggled on OKC tonight. I'm talking hardly anyone ha- had an efficient night outside of Trey Mann who didn't take that many shots. Uh Jada, even Shea, Josh, everyone had an inefficient night. So, uh yeah, Eamon, at least it wasn't a 72 boy out you were you are totally correct. Uh so let's start with the step-by-step game summary kind of run through what happened and how it all happened. Starting in quarter 1, Thunder, a point uh, the Thunder are a team that do great work in the paint. They started out 0 of 9 from 2. Um they also started out 3 of 4 from 3. He had Poku and Josh hitting 3s early, Shea hitting a 3 early. Uh, it was really weird. Really weird game uh, from the start. Uh, soon after that, I, something I noticed in my notes here and early on, J-Dub had the Ja Morant assignment in place of Lou Dort. Um, he struggled with that assignment in large part because I think the refs, at least early on, were not allowing J-Dub to be physical at all with jaw jaw could just run straight into j-dub and they would call a foul every time i don't know how you guard a guy like that unless you are also like an elite athlete which we know j-dub is not necessarily um he j-dub offers size physicality and length and he was not really able to use those tools in this game i don't think to guard jaw the way that you might be able to guard jaw in like a playoff series i don't think j-dub would run into that same issue then uh, we saw a, a lineup early in the first quarter of SGA, Isaiah Joe, Aaron Wiggins, Eugene Omarui, and Mike Muscala. I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, it provided a lot of shooting on SGA, which did help keep the game close in the first quarter. Um, outside of that, the first quarter was really ugly, really ugly. ton of turnovers for both teams. I think it was five for OKC, six for Memphis. Um, a bunch of them off of really sloppily done fast breaks. Like I'm, I'm talking like three on one, two on one fast breaks. They would almost complete the play one of, but one of the teams and turn it over at the last second. And then the other team would run down the fast break the whole way, turn it over at the last second. Really gross. Um, should have been a content warning before this game started. Shea had 10 free throw attempts in the first quarter. And although he would not continue that pace, he had a ton, uh, for the whole game which we'll go over later once we're looking at the box scores. On to quarter two. The game is still close. Quick observation right out of the gate. Trey Mann hits a step back three to open the quarter. Looks awesome. He looks comfortable. And then all of a sudden, like two or three plays later, he has a wide open three, doesn't take it. And that trend kept happening throughout the night, which was causing some problems with our offense. So Trey had an efficient night, but was out of rhythm, was a little weird. Uh, Josh Giddy continues, got blocked by Jaron Jackson Jr. three times uh, in the first quarter and a half. Uh, really, really tough to watch. Brutal. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. throughout the second and first quarter just did ungodly things to OKC. Um, he wasn't quite as rough in the second half of the game, but the first two quarters, uh, good God, Jaron Jackson Jr. just imposed his will in the worst ways. Uh, Trey Mann after that weird turning down of several shots in a row, hit another step back three late into the second. We then saw some pretty exciting Aaron Wiggins drives when no one else on the team was able to drive against this team. Aaron Wiggins of all people put on his Superman cape and had like three or four really cool drives in the second quarter. Uh, Just made things happen. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. And Steven Adams uh, just continued to terrorize the likes of Poku and JRE inside Poor Poku got shoved to the ground trying to uh, contest Stephen Adams on a free throw box out. Uh, just felt bad for him. Love Stephen Adams, though. No one can take that away from me. Uh, now we are at halftime. Uh, the game's still close. Going into the third, uh, JRE opens up with two fast break dunks off of turnovers. That guy just always hustles, always is reliable. Uh, Josh Giddey uh, continues to look pretty decent from three after looking rough for several weeks in a row. I think I saw a set that he was 7 of 13. In his last few games from three, uh, he had a quick release three in the third quarter that caught my eye. And his his form is just looking better and better. Chip's putting the work in. Josh is putting the work in. We'll see nights like this more often. Uh, John Morant kind of started to take over the game in the third. Just did some insane stuff. You'll probably see this highlight. Uh, this like Dr. J-esque highlight where he drives from the left baseline and like turns and twists in the air and floats it in. Uh, really absurd. John Morant is... He scares me like I worry about what will happen to his body when he leaves the ground every time. But he manages to do spectacular things uh, every night. Um, Soon after that, the, the game starts to take a much darker tone here into the third, into the fourth. The Grizzlies just start hitting threes. Dylan Brooks just became God for like six minutes in the third quarter. Could not miss. John Morant started to hit threes. Um, the one consistent thing that OKC had in their back pocket whenever the Grizzlies started to go on a run was SGA getting to the line. So that's what you saw in the third quarter, um, and the fourth quarter SGA getting to the line right when they're going on these runs, kind of stopping it. Now we're into the fourth quarter. Uh, the game is becoming more and more ugly at this point, uh, for the Thunder specifically. No one is remotely big enough to guard Jaron Jackson Jr. And then he also starts hitting threes. He also has five blocks at this point into the fourth quarter. The Thunder just cannot keep up physically with the Grizzlies. Shea looks drained and exhausted, just like he did against the Pelicans, which are also a huge team. Uh, Really tough night physically for these guys. And, you know, this is ultimately not the worst result considering what we saw on the court tonight. Uh, Let's dive into some personal analysis now. Uh, First point is SGA... Is learning to get to the free throw line with ease. Just like you would see, and I know this is going to be, this comparison could be seen as good or bad. Just like we see Luca get to the free throw line at will. Just like we see even James Harden a little bit get to the free throw line at will. Guys like that. SGA is developing that skill night to night, and he had to use it tonight against that size. He could not. He would drive. All of a sudden, three massive dudes are surrounding him. Can't get a shot off, but he can contort his body and forced contact and caused those uh, those free throws to end up going his way every time. He ended up with 19 free throws on the night, 10 of those in the first quarter, mind you. Um, Was 17 of 19 from the free throw line, uh, which was a huge help and was like the most consistent offensive option the Thunder had for the entire game. Shea actually finished 4 of 14 from the field, so inefficient night from the field. Uh, But players as elite as he is at this point in his career can still make up for off nights by getting to the free throw line and forcing that contact, forcing the refs to make a decision. Um, And you know what? I may slander Luka Doncic and James Harden for getting to the free throw line, but I'm not going to do it against Shea. I won't do it. You can't make me do it. Not happening. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Trey Mann. Uh, I think he had a really interesting night. We have seen... Some mental stuff with Trey recently. It's like he doesn't know what to do on offense as much, which is odd because Trey is a guy that has like so much sauce. That's what you think of. He can he has a deep bag, can do a lot of like crazy floaters, wrap around passes when he drives inside, step back threes, of course, threes in general, and like microwave scoring is what you think of with Trey. He appears afraid to shoot sometimes, and I'm sure part of that is Mark. Trying to tighten the screws, as we've heard him say before, on Trey Man and getting to do certain things, and maybe that's messing with him a little bit, messing with his rhythm. Tonight was one of those nights. he would hit he hit two or three step back threes and also turn down like four wide open catch and shoot threes, which just doesn't make much sense and does make me think it's a rhythm thing. I think he's his rhythm is always there when he gets to a step back, like he knows, oh, I've hit this step back. The three is here for me if I want it. The catch and the catch and shoot threes, especially with how big Memphis is and how quickly they were able to contest. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's odd. Mentality is the one thing you worry about with younger players in the NBA. Like if they're losing their confidence, that's what makes you worry about them long term. So Trey will have to figure that out. It is just his second year. He's learning how to fit into the system, learning how to fit into a specific role. Um, has Mark has the leash? Has a short leash on him, I think. He needs to like consistently perform on defense and always do the right things on offense to stay in the game. So he's just figuring that out, and we'll see how that progresses. He did have one of the better lines of the night: uh, four of nine, three of six from three, one of two from the free throw line, twelve points. Um, it was fine. It, it was he was one of he was a almost team worst minus twenty two for the night, which you know plus minus, eh? Um, but thought that was interesting to point out. Uh, moving on to our beloved Josh Giddy. Speaking on mentality, I think Josh is at the very least just always unafraid, always willing to just try shit out. He did that tonight. He had ups and downs the whole game. First quarter, several good plays, several catch-and-shoot threes. That looked good. Uh, let's, his line for the night also wasn't too bad. Uh, 10 points, 4 assists, 1 steal, 10 rebounds. Uh, four of 13 from the field, which is what was tough. Two of three from three, though, which is nice. Um, he is taking those catch-and-shoot threes. He's taken, uh one of them. He kind of caught the ball and took one dribble back and then shot the ball with his form right, and it looks good. Like, his shot is looking better. Uh, he is still struggling with dealing with the physicality of the game a bit, I think. he, I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. just engulfed his shot three times. Uh, in the first quarter. And fortunately that doesn't stop him from continuing to try and drive to the rim. Cause that's one of his best skills is being able to drive and use his size and weight to just bash his way, uh, up to the goal. And he didn't stop doing that. That's, that's the thing to look out, to look out for. If Josh is getting blocked and having a rough shooting night is like, does he ever stop driving? Cause if that happens, what does he do? He's not a shooter. So he needs to be able to drive and make plays off of that. Um, he needs to, his whole thing is, make passes that other people may not be able to make. And he had a couple turnovers tonight early on, but he kept making really nice passes, Um, had a nice pass to Shea off of a uh, fast break to get Shea an easy catch-and-shoot three, which he rarely ever gets. Um, That's why Josh is valuable, and uh, generally, I think it was a fine game for him.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs.
1: Uh, Aaron Wiggins, we I just love seeing it. Anytime we get an Aaron Wiggins sighting, I'm having a pretty good night. Uh, big reason why tonight wasn't as horrible as a 73-point loss. You know what I mean? Uh, he didn't get a ton of minutes. He only had 16. Uh, was nearly a team low in minutes outside of Mike Moscala and uh, Jay Will. Jay Will sighting, by the way. Taylor, you're not winning the bet if you're listening to this. Uh, yeah, Aaron Wiggins uh, finished with six points, uh, plus four on the night. I, I, in general, the team looks good when Aaron Wiggins is out there. i I do wonder why he isn't getting a little more minutes, maybe 20, 20 to twenty three minutes a Especially if a guy like Lou Dort is out, I figured we would see more of him. Uh, but either way, I, I was happy to see what with. I was happy to see the decisions that he made when he was on the court. Uh, love his driving ability. That's if there's one thing that's like unique about Aaron Wiggins, which is a. Aaron Aaron is the guy that we think of as like a kind of a cut and dry three and D wing that can do a little bit off the dribble. If there's one thing that does make him stand out is his craft around the basket. It's not like Shea or anything like that, but he does get to unique angles and can make drives when it seems like other people can't. And he was able to do that in the second quarter tonight. Uh, JRE, old reliable JRE, uh, the veteran on the team, second year player, um looked good he hit he only hit one three out of four uh nine points four of 11 from the field nine rebounds though which you can kind of just mark it down and pin every night is going to get like seven to nine rebounds as long as he gets the minutes only one turnover um <clears throat> no assists but not worried about that looked fine uh he was taking the brunt of the damage inside just doing his best to kind of Put, his, put himself in between Triple J and the basket, or Stephen Adams and the basket, um, doing all that he can. He's much smaller than those guys, but he's being tasked with a much larger job than what he is qualified for. Um, <clears throat> onto just a little note on Isaiah Joe. We we don't see a lot of Isaiah Joe, but I will say when he's out there, he just always feels like a threat. And Maybe it's because of that legendary late-game performance against the Mavericks. Uh, where he just, like, caught fire, that I feel that way. Uh, But he, I just feel good when he's on the court. I feel like Shea has extra space when he's on the court. Teams do run up and truly guard him behind the perimeter because that's, like, his one noticeable, his one standout skill. Um, He was 2 of 5 from 3 tonight, but I'm glad when he gets minutes. Um, J-Dub, our prodigal son, had a quiet night and uh, you might even say a rough night. I think the foul trouble... Threw him off, as we see with a lot of young players. Foul, getting into foul trouble early can really ruin a young player's night. Uh, they don't know. Because you want to play careful. You want to play safe, uh, which is not how you maximize your ability on an NBA basketball court. And that's what J-Dub had. He was 1 of 4 from 3, 3 of 12 from the, from the uh, field. Um, also got his shot blocked a bunch when he drove inside. Again, the size of Memphis, really tough. Uh, if if the Thunder had more consistent shooters and J Dub or Shea or Josh or anyone could drive into the lane and not have these like gigantic bodies waiting for them there and, and those, those guys were more spaced out, I'm sure you would have had a better night. Uh this team is not the team to to have a standout J Dub performance against. Uh, I just don't think so. Not worried about it. On to the next game for J Dub. Uh, and note to point out, Bayes got another DNP. Uh, Darius there's basically zero minutes. He was the only DNP on the team. Uh, this does make me think, and we've hypothesized a bunch on this podcast, that Bayes could be a trade candidate. He could be the on-man out since he doesn't, ne- he doesn't necessarily fit the view of what we think this team wants to be as far as being able to pass, dribble, and shoot. It doesn't fit that mold. Maybe Mark is now also kind of finished on that end, and, and Bayes could be on his way out soon. Uh, Hard to say, but the DNP's are telling, and uh, that's not something that happens that often with a guy like Baez. Moving on, let me look at through the chat, answer some questions. From Trumpies, is Shea regressing? Uh, He did have an inefficient night. I don't think he's necessarily regressing. Uh, He was now he was having he had an insane start to the season, like an insane top ten NBA player kind of start to the season. Teams have adjusted to that and know that he is by far and away the best player on the team and has to be guarded in a very specific way. Um, And by doing that, they clog the hell out of the lane, stop him from doing a lot of what he wants to do. I think specifically Shea can struggle against teams that are huge because there's no one else down there. Like one, there's not enough shooting to spread the floor out and get him easier drives to the lane. So those all that size is in one place, is is compacted in one place to deter Shea specifically. Um, that that's the biggest issue. Uh, we saw it against New Orleans, another massive team, and I thought that that was the best Shea had been guarded this whole season. Uh, I think it's just big teams and a lack of shooting is why Shea performs maybe more inefficiently against those teams. Wouldn't be worried about it. I don't think he's, I don't think he's regressing necessarily. Um, I will say his defense like wasn't great. And uh, I think a big part of that is the guy is probably exhausted right now. Uh, And the game is on a, the team is on a five game road trip. He's playing a ton of minutes. Some of these games are going to overtime. He is constantly now those free throws come at a cost. All the 19 free throws they earned tonight do come at a cost. And that is exhausting. He looked exhausted early on. And, Those things will be alleviated once the team has another reliable scorer. Uh, But right now, so much weight is on SGA's shoulders, and it's tough for him night to night to be efficient against a team like this. Uh, Looking through some other questions. Um, I think Josh needs to get a bit stronger from Ikul. Um, He doesn't seem to be able to get a call in the paint. Yeah, I agree. Um, There were some bad passes. I'm glad he's still attempting the passes uh, I would be worried if he stopped trying those risky passes he has because that's what makes Josh special. Um, but We'll see how that adjusts. Uh, Joe from Gable. Joe plays well every time he's in, and he isn't afraid to pull one off the dribble either. Uh, I agree. I think his mentality is uh, absolutely right beyond the arc. He is not afraid to pull the trigger. Uh, love Isaiah Joe. I'm sure we'll see more of him, uh, especially if Lou Dort does not play. I believe it's Saturday they play the next game against the Cavs. So we'll uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, moving on, our player of the game, of course, was SGA. Uh, inefficient night, but kept the team alive with his free throw shooting. Um, let us close this one out here in a bit. Looking ahead, the next game would be against the Cavs on Saturday. So we'll have a post game there. Uh, that one's probably going to be tough. Cavs are a very good team, probably the third best team in the East right now. Following, uh, following that game is against the Dallas Mavericks. Question for you all to ponder over the next few days. Will the Thunder end their five-game road trip going three and two, or will they be two and three? So will they win one of the next two games, one against Cavs, one against the Mavericks? What do you think? Bring your answers to our next Sunday show. We'll see you there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this live stream or for listening to us after, after the live stream. We will see you all Saturday for the post game show and Sunday for our weekly show. I hope to be there. I hope to be recovered from the flu. Uh, Sucks. Missed the Sunday show. I'll be back soon. Thanks again and adios. Whether you're a
3: world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.